1: Listen
2: to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
1: You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at PurdueGlobal.edu.
3: This doll in particular, I took her home, and then a few days later walked in, and it smelled like burning. And I was like, that's weird. I couldn't figure out where it's coming from. And then the next day I looked, and there was like a kind of like a, a scorch mark above the doll.
2: Thank you so much for joining me on Kesha and the Creepies. Today, we have a very special guest, Amy Bruni, who is a paranormal investigator and has been for decades, way too long,
3: very long time without (laughs) aging myself.
2: (laughs) I'm like so fascinated with your job. It seems like it must be a very entertaining profession.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely different. You know, I, I actually started out years ago. I was working as like a project manager for a health insurance company and just living in a cubicle. And on the weekends I would go look for ghosts. Uh, you know, I'd go, I'd fly myself to like the scariest places in America and, uh, and then one day I got asked to be part of the team on the show Ghost Hunters because yeah. I knew the guys who were on that show and I was helping them with their podcast. And uh, I I said yes. And then I never went home again. I was on the road for like seven years and 300 episodes. <laughs> oh my God. And, um, yeah. So it's just been a really, really crazy ride, but I've gotten like really philosophical about it and, you know, it's, it's. My perception of the paranormal has definitely changed throughout this journey.
2: Like what part of your perception of the paranormal or supernatural has changed by doing what you do?
3: Well, I think when I first started, you know, when I was first into ghosts, you know, I started being curious about spirits and, and entities and things as a child. And I read all these books by like Hans Holzer and stuff that had very defined ideas of what a ghost was, that it was someone who, you know, uh, was trapped here for whatever reason, and you could just cross them over to the light and they would move on and everything would be okay. And uh, And then the more I investigated and the more that I got out there into some of these really crazy locations, the more I realized that You know, the second you start kind of humanizing a ghost, when Mm -hmm. you when you look at a a spirit as though they are a living person standing in front of you and they need something or they want something or they're trying to communicate something, it becomes a lot less creepy and um, a lot more like, like you're kind of a ghost therapist, like you have a mission at that point. And that's really where it's changed for me. The second that ghosts stopped being a novelty for me was, you know, that was when it just became very real. Like that could be someone I love that could be me one day, you know? And I think that people who naturally kind of pick up a vibe from people in person, even like, like you say, you have this like empathic nature you're probably someone too who can pick up on when there is like a, an energy present that might need something or you know and so it it translates like that ability i think translates from not only the living but also to the dead yeah
2: so in all the investigating you've done and all the experience you have in this field, do you have a specific like religious or spiritual thing that you think happens when people pass away?
3: I did. And now I have encountered so many things. Like the second I think I have it figured out, like ghosts will throw me a curveball and completely, you know, (laughs) ruin whatever theory it was (laughs) that I had. I do think that I think that there are spirits that will come and go, that will come and check in on us, people that we love that don't really have... Official business here per se, but do you want to come back and just let you know that they're thinking about you. And then I also think there is that classic unfinished business that can be anything, and, and that that they need help with. I mean, it could be as simple as you know, um, I we've encountered spirits who died very tragically who had no really conception of the fact that they had passed away or people who left things unsaid Mm -hmm. or, you know, people who are watching over the house that they built and they're upset at the way it's been kept. There's a spirit we found whose, whose name was misspelled on his tombstone and he was upset. Like these, just these little things that maybe don't keep them behind a hundred percent, but, but it is a mission for them. Like there is something that they want fixed.
2: I have this theory that in this life you have to deal with your shit and yeah, there's a lot of shit that I do, but I'm like, I don't want to do it, but I'm like, I just don't think there's an easy way out. Like if I leave this here, I'm gonna have to deal with this in the afterlife or in my next life or something (laughs) like that, because it just seems too easy of a thing to be like, no, it'll be fine. I really feel like the energy is neither created nor destroyed, so Mm -hmm. our energy or spirit moves on. And I just really believe I don't know if it's necessarily karma, but just that you have to be accountable for your actions. And you also just people are particular and people are funny. And I like the idea that that doesn't go away. If you pass away, like you still have your personality, you have your quirks, you want your name to be spelled right.
3: Exactly. And you think about it too, like people who have the luxury of kind of being on their deathbed and knowing that they're going to pass away, like what do they do? They always want to see everyone. They always want to say last words. They, you know, they start sifting through things that they want to make right. And so I think that it's it's an important lesson for us just in how we live that, like you said, like that shit doesn't go away, (laughs) you know, that at some point you will have to deal with it if it's really affecting you. Um, and a lot of it is relationships. A lot of it is, you know, loved ones, um, you know, watching over people that they have felt, you know, an affinity towards and things like that. Like it's there's always there's always something. Um, and some of them just have issues that they they were never able to work through in life and they continue trying to work through them in death. And again, this is all theory just of what I've encountered. Like, I'll never say that this is absolutely what's happening, but it's what I feel.
2: I love that though. I'm so on board. <laughs> I have a cat that I think is like one of my spirit angels. And I just feel like, you know, there are certain almost just spirits that I feel around and some are really positive and beautiful. And then occasionally I've had some stranger, less beautiful experiences. And I'm like, is that just mm-hmm. like a really angry person? Or do you think they're just really confused? Are they caught in this middle ground? Or they are there just some, I know this, I'm like asking you like, you might know the answer to this, but you might, but are there just some people that just suck? And it, they just suck as a ghost, they sucked as a yeah. person and they just suck. Or do you think people are inherently good?
3: Uh, No, you're 100% right, in my opinion, because people ask me, people are always afraid that, you know, they're experiencing a spirit and they're like, it's a demon, it's something evil. And I'm like, are you sure they just weren't a jerk when they were alive? Because you don't stop being a jerk just because you died, you know? And so there are, you have these spirits that I feel are angry. They were, they were awful when they were alive. It doesn't stop just because they died. They still want to make people miserable. Or you have like the the completely misunderstood spirit who is desperate to get a message across. And then sometimes they can also come across as negative because they're so desperate. They start doing really angry, physical things like slamming doors and grabbing onto you as scratching you oh like yelling because they're completely desperate for some reason. So. As an investigator, I have to kind of sift through those and go, okay, am I dealing with just a a jerk or am I dealing with someone who genuinely needs my help? And so when we go into these hauntings, even the most extreme ones, we have to go in with no judgment. Like we have to go in judgment free. And just try to solve it. And like that can take days, months, weeks of trying to communicate with these spirits. And I'm not psychic. And so I'm trying to rely on, you know, my, uh, my psychic friends and, and actual like evidence and recordings. But you, you are, in my opinion, totally on track with that.
2: <laughs> well, how do you, because I was watching your show Kindred Spirits, which I love, and you had like a blindfold on and I think something over your ears and you were just kind of. Mm-hmm communicating what the spirit was saying. I was watching the one that was based on The Conjuring, the movie.
3: Yes. So I watched the episode.
2: So interesting. But it did feel like there was darkness. It felt like it could be kind of scary. I'm just curious what that process is for you to like go into a place knowing that dark things have happened. Like what is that process for you? How do you prepare? How do you know
3: how to connect? All of that. Well, there's a lot there because people ask a lot, you know, what do you do to prepare yourself for these moments? Are you, you know, do you wear a crystal? Do you say a prayer? And I always go into a location like that just knowing that I'm good enough, that I am strong enough, that I don't need assistance from somewhere else because. The second that that thing gets taken away from you, if I'm relying on like a religious medal, for example, Mm -hmm. and say that I forget it or it gets taken away, suddenly I feel weaker. And so in my mind, I just want to make sure that I feel like I can take on whatever just the way I am, that I don't need outside help. But that some people do like to, like like I said, um, do rituals, say prayers, bring crystals, and that's totally fine. Um, I just don't personally. But... For things like that, like I had such a relationship with the parent family. So The Conjuring was based on a true story. And, you know, what happened in that house for so long is um, scary. But the movie is is scary. But like what that family actually went through to me seemed scarier in real life than what the movie portrayed. Which for people listening that haven't seen it,
2: what were some of the things in the movie that actually
3: happened? It is very like obviously the movie's edited be- like I loved that movie. It was edited very too. well. It was directed very well, and um, you know, they there's this part with like this clapping that seemed so scary in the movie. But the I think that what's scary about the actual what actually happened is that it's real. Like, you're watching the movie and you're like, this is a dramatization. But then when you actually talk to the parent family, they were just children living there. They were being attacked in their beds every night. They watched their mom be attacked by a spirit. Like, and, and so when you talk to them face-to-face, it becomes so much more scary than watching a Hollywood movie.
2: I agree. I thought that your episode was much more terrifying and humanizing. Yes. And I love that movie. I love scary movies. And so those kids are now growing up and do they mm-hmm. still remember, like, what was some, what were some of the things that
3: happened to them that they remember and how did they deal with that? So they remember a lot of it. Um, you know, it's, it's affected them for life. You know, yeah. it's, it's like being in a bad family situation or something, you know, they had yeah. trouble at home and they had to live with that forever and, or, you know, till now. And, um, and so they remember definitely, uh, the big thing was, I think, they would hear like whispers while they were sleeping at night. Like they would hear like there was, um, there was one girl, Cindy who was the most affected and she kept hearing this, Voice at night, that would tell her like soldiers buried outside, seven soldiers oh in God. the wall, like telling her all these things, which are not true. Like no, you know, not. we've done okay. all kinds of no, we've done all kinds of research, we've done all kinds of like you know, none of that's not true at all. But but when you're you know an eight or nine year old child hearing that, and when you're trying to sleep every night, you know, that so scared and, the um, shit out of me, and I'm an of adult course, kind of course, yes, and they had to live with it every day. And so Andrea is the one I'm closest with. And um, she's the one that kind of rallied the troops and got them all back together in the house. But Cindy, when we got her there, she was the one who was the youngest and most affected. And she literally like, she made it through the filming and the investigation. And then she was like, I'm never, ever coming back here. And um, it was just too hard for even though not a lot happened in a paranormal way for her at that moment. It was just too much for her. Like I think it was enough for her to just go, like set foot in there again, and knew she could do it. And then she just doesn't need to go back. Yeah,
2: she closed the door, got closure. Probably is yeah. triggering to be in a house where someone with a ghost course. is whispering at you when you're a child and get the fuck out and maybe never return.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I felt it. I felt it from her. I was like, yeah, you don't have to come back here. We're good. I think we've done this.
2: (laughs) But how you say you're like a spirit or ghost therapist, is that part of it is like trying to heal who was affected by the situation too? Or is it more trying to understand what the spirit wants?
3: It's kind of both. Like I find us counseling and I am not a, licensed therapist by any stretch but I do find us kind of counseling families and people who are affected a lot just because they I'm listening you know they they are finally yeah. finding someone who's listening and who believes them that's and what so I, was I say, do and believes them
2: because I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of people could be dismissive because it is like supernatural but I even sometimes don't know if that's the right word to use because it's not supernatural it's just we haven't figured it out how to explain it yet Mm-mm. which doesn't mean it's not there. You see it, you feel it, you hear it. It's there. But just because our brains can't quite comprehend how to explain it makes me feel like a lot of people would feel really dismissed by these stories.
3: Oh, totally. And then, you know, the other part of it, too, is that sometimes like the the family relationships and the dynamic in a home can affect the paranormal activity as well. You know, so not only are they not understanding it, but they're kind of affecting it in some way. You know, if there's turmoil in the home, if people aren't getting along, you know, that makes this like the spirits pick up on that for whatever reason. And it can actually like increase activity depending on, you know, how they relate to it. Maybe they've been there for for a long time living happily. And this family moves in that won't stop fighting. And then the spirits suddenly (laughs) want them to stop. It's like total dynamics. It's like a bad roommate situation, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. So everybody should be
2: pleasant because you might be bothering the ghosts (laughs) that are haunting your home (laughs) and they're just going to fuck with you more. So like get it together and be nice. That's what I'm taking away from this conversation.
3: I mean, I think we should all live by that anyway. Just assume someone's there who's going to be upset. <laughs> just keep it cool.
2: Just everybody yeah. out.
3: Especially that's if you live in like a really old house.
2: <laughs> I feel like I come into contact with a lot of energy and most of it is so beautiful and just like, but then every once in a while, when you're like projecting your energy or opening it up, like you were saying, if you just find a spirit or a ghost that's just like manipulative and a jerk, what do you do with that? How do you not let that affect you? You were saying you just are strong in yourself, but have you ever had a time where it just really got to you?
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is
0: going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
1: This is Uncanny USA.
0: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
2: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts.
1: If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over six million active hourly workers
0: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
1: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
0: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
1: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that it's just like like meeting someone in real life, you know, like, You could be at a dinner party and everyone's having a great time. And then that certain person walks in who doesn't say a word, but suddenly the whole vibe changes just completely based on their energy and like they're a total downer or whatever. And it's kind of the same way. I feel like with the spirit world, like I will meet, meet, um, you know, spirits or, or feel energy that is maybe not like negative in the sense that it wants to harm me but is like manipulative just like a live person could be and it- you have to tackle it just like you would a live person. You're like, I can't let this person get to me, especially an energy that is fleeting or something like you're just passing through. You know, I've had that happen, you know, yeah. traveling a lot as well for filming and things like I'll be in a hotel that's old and gross and haunted. And, you know, and there'll be some bad energy there. Something will feel off. And I'm like, great, I have to be stuck with this for a week or whatever. But then you have to move on from it. And I always- it's like date. It sounds like I, dating. Uh-huh. sounds like- dating <laughs> it does like bad relationships. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible ghost ruined me. <laughs> um, but it's true though. And you know, and it's just applying the same rules to a, a dead person that you apply to a live person and how you treat them or react to them kind of changes it. You're like, "Oh, I have this power in me. Like I wouldn't put up with this from someone standing in front of me. I'm not going to put up from it just cuz or put up with it just cuz I can't see this person." But it also can be scary in that sense. you can't see them, you don't know what you're up against. you don't know what their motivations are um you know in a society right now that's so involved with the idea of positive thinking and and positive thought, and like you know you you know you can infuse a space with like positivity, but the same goes for negativity, and so you have to kind of tackle that in a way. Oh my
2: God, <laughs> how interesting do you subscribe to demons existing like have you ever encountered something that's just like so dark. You don't even know, like, you don't want to fuck with it. I'm not going to touch it. Can't deal with it.
3: Yeah. So it's extraordinarily rare. Like I've done this for over 20 years now and I can probably count two or three times where I've encountered something that I felt was like, I don't necessarily know that it's demonic, but I would call it that if that were what it, you know, if it was, (laughs) if that's the, the definition, but something just so negative, um, that, you know, I had to call in help. Like I, you know, I, I actually have a really good friend who works with the Vatican, who's a religious wow. demonologist. And so whenever I have like even an inkling that there's something like that, I can call him, but it's, it's very rare. Like it's almost always something else, or like I said before, something that is just a mean person in life. But I, I think I have, I do believe in such things, but I always tell people that the odds of that are so low and to just not assume, but just know that if you're encountering something that's negative or upset or mean, odds are it's either misunderstood or was a mean person in life, which is a lot less daunting.
2: Yeah. Well, so what would be... I'm, like, so curious about the demonic forces where you called in Mm -hmm. Vatican
3: backup. Can I ask you about that? (laughs) Like, what happened? (laughs) Uh, So that, the the last time it happened uh, was, so basically, it was a a dear friend of mine called me, and um, he had a pretty good feeling that something was going on with his sister, that she was somehow... Possessed, and this had been going on for years, and so he finally called me to discuss this. And it was like the middle of the night. Um, I was home alone uh, with my daughter, who was like three at the time, two or three at the time, and so he calls, and immediately like the lights start going on and off in my house. And so, what one thing that you will learn about like uh, a negative type entity or a demonic type entity is that the second they feel like this person is reaching out to someone who's going to be a threat they will immediately try to get rid of that threat mm. supposedly this is, and so in this case he's explaining to me what's happening and And he said, my lights are going on and off. And he goes, I have to go outside because my lights are going on and off. So his lights were turning on and off. And I I did not clue him in at all. I very like purposely was like, I'm not going to say anything that's going on here. Because I didn't want to freak him out. And I was like, okay, go ahead. So he goes outside and he continues talking. And then he, as he's talking, I hear my daughter crying upstairs. And I'm like, that's, you know, it's the middle of the night. So I I run upstairs uh, and she is fast asleep, not crying, because she she does not wake up. And and so at that point, I was like, okay, this thing is messing with me. Like, this thing is trying to threaten me. So I go back downstairs, and I'm just talking with him the whole time, telling him his options, giving him my opinions, and then I feel something start grabbing onto my hair, like, as I'm talking to him. And then at the same time, I hear my daughter start crying again, and I go upstairs, and she's fast asleep. And so... We got through the conversation and I knew it, that was the first time I've ever felt like okay, there's something that's trying to let me know that like it knows who I am and it's gonna you know make an issue for me but so I immediately called my friend and um, he t- he helped them the next day but uh, but yeah, that it was it was exactly what he told me would happen. like when he warned me about things like that, um, he literally said to me like they will, try to stop you and try to scare you and you just have to stand your ground. And so I just I never ever even told the guy that I was talking to that, that was happening. I just acted like it was a totally normal conversation. Oh, but yeah my that was God. That's insane. <laughs> That's so, so insane. yeah again extraordinarily rare 20 plus years of doing this have never had that happen before or since. So just so, so people it was don't one get totally time. freaked out. Yeah, I've had I mean, I've had a couple other strange encounters, but that was the one where I knew unequivocally that I was dealing with something that was was cruel. And like sounds like very ominous. Oh, yeah. I mean, to threaten your child. That was the, the weird thing. Like, look, Ooh, I can I make it sound crazy. like your baby's crying. Did your daughter remember any of it or she was asleep the whole time? Oh, no, she was just fast asleep. And I mean, one day I'll tell her because right now she's like eight and she loves like crawling through creepy places with me and looking for ghosts and stuff. And so I'm not (laughs) going to ruin (laughs) it for her yet.
2: (laughs) My first encounter with like an apparition or spirit or ghost was I always like would go to places and try to. The cre- Kind of like what you were saying you would do on the weekends where it's like for fun. So I'll be on tour with my band and my dancers and like the whole crew. And then we'll be in Milwaukee or whatever. And there's this beautiful W hotel we can all stay at with a nice clean pool. And I'm like, nope, we're staying at the place where Jeffrey Dahmer used to live. And everyone's like, oh, great. Awesome. Or like in Fort Worth, there's like a haunted brothel. And I've had people literally in the middle of the night, they're like, you're fucking crazy. I'm sleeping in the bus. Like the lights won't work. I'm out. Like, but so my favorite thing is to play shows, play music and then stay at haunted places whenever I can, like in whatever city. And it kind of is torture. It's kind of torture to the people I work with. So apologies, but they have options. They could go somewhere else. It's just highly encouraged to hang out at the haunted place. Cause it's more fun. But it is more fun. (laughs) It is more fun. Just like, (laughs) I don't know, give me something weird. But I saw, so I always wanted to see something or feel something. And then I saw an apparition of a woman, but instead of being scared, I felt sad for her. And I think that was the first time I was like, oh, I think this actually is a spirit or ghost or whatever the right terminology is. And I'm not terrified. Like I thought I was going to get like the shit scared out of me. And that wasn't the case. And so ever since then, I've been wholly fascinated with how to connect with the other side, because I'm sure we're just surrounded by spirits at all times.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, you humanized her, you know, that 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 was that moment where you're like, oh, this isn't a novelty anymore. This is a person and I feel her and there's something that she needs or she wants, you know, and that's. Uh, that it really does change your perspective on the whole idea of a haunting. It does go from like, yeah. you know, spooky and fun to being like a, a belief system, like a, in the afterlife. And, and so yeah, it, it, I think that a lot of people go through that, especially when they've experienced a haunting for a while, you know, we've had, there was one woman who that just, re- that story reminded me of where she, she died in a, A train act like a very sudden train crash this train Mm -hmm. hit her and her three girlfriends coming back from a sewing bee in like 1912 Mm -hmm. or something and this poor woman her spirit kept running for help in the old house that like lived that, that was next door to where she lived and she kept appearing this, the, the woman who lived there now, she just would wake up and this woman would be like, help, help, you know, every night. Mm. And so we had to basically help. We we helped the spirit by, by showing her her death certificate, like some part of her had no idea she was dead. And so we had to, we, we printed her death certificate in the articles and we were like, this terrible thing happened to you. And we're so sorry. And we got these recordings of her and she was like death certificate and then when we explained to her what was happening, her, the last word she said, she was like, I'm going home. And then she was never seen again. Like oh she just, God. she didn't understand.
2: That's so, I feel like that what you're doing is so kind. You're like, you are like a ghost therapist. I love it. It's so
3: nice. I'm trying until one gets nasty with me and then the the ginger comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the demons, mostly really lovely couple
2: demons, and then just some like <laughs> yeah. people that are angry about shit. I'm like, you do yeah. you.
3: <laughs> yeah. It doesn't go away. Apparently when you die. So oh, damn it. let's just be I ready for start that it out in this lifetime. Guys, <laughs> sort it out now. Don't run for your problems.
2: <laughs> do you think that there's like ever a point where, do you think people come back?
3: So I don't, I have not encountered it like in, in a situation where I thought that was happening, but it, it makes sense to me. Like it's, it's this idea that feels right to me in a way. And I think that there's a reason why people have kind of, naturally subscribed to that theory over thousands of years, you know, there that the fact that you have to grow spiritually from carnation yeah. to carnation, you know, or incarnation to cr- incarnation. And so it makes sense. I've not seen anything that made me wonder, like, am I dealing with someone reincarnated, you know? But I mean, I've certainly had moments in life where I've been around something or experienced something that really, you know, tugged at me in a way that, didn't necessarily make sense you know and I'm like is this something from like a past life is there a reason why I'm drawn to this uh so I I think I think there's something to it and I just don't know how we prove it and then I also wonder you know what do we what do we achieve by proving it too you know I think we should maybe just all kind of just subscribe to the idea that we might all be growing all the time and I think that's a good theory to go with (laughs) I love that. Because even what you said about like spirits and the afterlife,
2: it's like, well, okay, it just makes me want to sort my shit out now. And then maybe in the next life, if I sort a chunk out this lifetime, maybe the next life will be even more fabulous.
3: Look, and I then maybe I'll be so. a happy, nice ghost. <laughs> yeah, not a jerk ghost. Like, yeah. I'll be like the <laughs> funnest
2: ghost in the entire world. Maybe kind I of would love annoying. That. I'm going to sing TikTok at people on repeat until they literally go insane.
3: I just want to be like a really helpful ghost, like earn my keep in whatever house I'm inhabiting. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> Cleaning. Sound like the best ghost ever.
3: <laughs> the fact that you
2: love to collect antiques and specifically dolls. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because I, I love antiques, obsessed. And do you think mm-hmm. that there's a way to before you bring it into your house like to make sure you're not bringing an entity that you don't necessarily want
3: well yeah I'm not sure so sometimes I feel like it's my duty to take in these haunted objects like I think I don't know if you can see but like behind me I have a bunch oh my of god really creepy are those the like, dolls? dolls? yeah there's a few of them up there I have a lot of them but those are some of the standouts those are the ones that don't like to stay put I find them on the floor in here a lot Wait, uh, but um, they like
2: move around yeah oh
3: <laughs> my, my daughter God. will not come in this room she, oh hates, my this God. Room. she hates my office yeah <laughs> she's like like the rest of our house looks so normal and then I'm like and then mom's office <laughs> so mom's um, creepy dog place <laughs> mom's creepy place. office <laughs> yeah so um so I feel like when I'm when I find these things, I feel kind of drawn to them in a way. And it's almost like I feel like I'm supposed to have them for whatever reason. Uh, and so I I wouldn't necessarily want to get rid of whatever is hanging on to them when I bring them home. Uh, as long as they weren't being, you know, awful. But... I have a lot of really creepy shit in my house, (laughs) and uh, I have uh, yet—I mean, I have like—I'm looking at a Victorian hair wreath. That's like a memorial wreath, where like they would take their loved one's hair and turn it into like a wreath when they Mm. died. I have one of those. I have a spirit trumpet back here from seances in the 1800s. I have a spirit trumpet. Yeah, like um, mediums would use them. It was not true at all but they would use them and they would say that like ghostly sounds would come out of the tr- like come out of the trumpet but they would it was like a a magic a parlor trick basically but it's old and i think it's kind of cool that it was used yeah. in séances in the spiritualist era and then i have like all the dolls i have a really creepy teddy bear i have <laughs> Um, why is the teddy bear I so I have creepy so
2: it's like not I don't know I kind of want to show them to you I okay know. please oh my god show me all the creepy stuff
3: there's so much like this is um, people send me these things too like oh that is bear. so creepy <laughs> holy shit that teddy bear is creepy <laughs> told you but like people send me these things and I can't like get rid of it like I feel bad like someone I mean, loved this that, at some point right you
2: could definitely get rid of that if you want to so I'm giving you permission <laughs> <laughs>
3: that is so creepy I, if I were
2: your Do you, daughter I would sure you sure you don't want me mommy. to
3: send him to you <laughs> <laughs> if he's a nice guy you know Whatever he seems okay, yeah. So, but it's things like that. Like I don't even now. I don't want to sh- I show you the other dolls. You'll freak. Oh my god, They're I heard. Really scary. Well, okay, so I read you have one that has
2: real human hair that comes out of it or something.
3: Okay, so I did. So that was the fir- my first encounter with a, a haunted doll, and it was. Um, I was young. I was like thirteen years old, and I used to go to the antique store like every normal thirteen-year-old, and uh, I would. Just you know, perused the the place and they had this really creepy old doll. It was a, a boudoir doll, the, a bed doll, and had real human hair. Which I love these dolls. I have one here now, but <laughs> you can totally um, show me all your creepy stuff before you go because uh, I'm wildly curious. I'll show you before. But okay. So, anyways this this doll in particular, um, I took her home and she like started setting fires. <laughs> and her doll. so. The do- I, I suspect so. So what happened was I I was drawn to this doll. I put her on layaway, and every week I would bring my five dollar allowance until I paid off this doll or whatever. <laughs> Brought her home okay. and set her up on my shelf, and then a few days later walked in and it smelled like burning. And I was like, that's weird, and and I couldn't figure out where it's coming from. And then the next day I looked and there was like a kind of like a a scorch mark above the doll. And I was like, that's really strange. It sounds so dangerous. Th- <laughs> it was very dangerous. I do not recommend. And so then I smelled it another day and came in oh and found literally her dress was smoldering that she was wearing. It had like, it was smoldering. And I was like, something is wrong with this doll. And uh, so I have these two aunts who are both kind of witchy and different and... um and we, my, my very psychic aunt did like a seance and she said that this doll had some sort of attachment to it. And um, so we tried to rid it of it or whatever. And so I shoved it in my closet.
1: From BBC
0: Radio 4,
1: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
0: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This
1: is uncanny usa
0: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
2: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
1: snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over six million active hourly workers
3: And it's gonna burn yeah. down your clothes. Oh my god. <laughs> it was awful. It was I I and then I think we ended up actually burning the doll years later. I don't even know what happened. But it was just like the the worst. It was uh it, it was it was scary. So yeah, I, I've never encountered a um fire-producing doll since then. But that was again probably one of the things that piqued my interest in what I do. And maybe there had been some other rational explanation, but that doll definitely was smoldering on more than one occasion
2: anything electronic about the doll
3: like batteries or cords or wires no she was just a boudoir doll from the 20s like just an old doll and she was not the wall like the the wall she was up against there was nothing there there was no like there were no candles there was no incense like there was no like electricity around her it was just that doll It was so strange. So I've never seen anything like it since. But that might be why I like them now. I feel like I owe her something because I I don't feel like I. I (laughs) (laughs)
2: Sorry, lady. You got to (laughs) go. I have a weird thing with antiques where I like. I cannot leave two. if I find them in two separate places in the world. I have to bring them back together. I like to think of myself as like reuniting like lost twin flame souls. So I have a bunch of weird matching things that I don't even necessarily like and or want, but <laughs> they match. So they must be together.
3: Well, that makes, I mean, <laughs> I love it. If I see energy, like if you think about an antique, like I'm super drawn to antiques and it's, there's so much energy infused in them whether or not it's like ghosts it's just people have been around them for so long people have cared for them you know think of all the things that happened around them over the time that they have been in existence like if it, there's something about antiques like I really do think they hold energy and I think certain people are drawn to that like i I love them
2: oh, me too and my mom too like we're we go to flea markets pretty much whenever we're around each other and just like it's <laughs> It's like treasure hunting also to me, but yours is like a little creepier because like you want the creepy stuff.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like no one wants it. So I feel like it's kind of like you're, you're reuniting antiques and I'm like taking in like the orphaned antiques.
2: Yeah. You're like fostering (laughs) the demonic dolls. (laughs) Can I see something like that? I find dolls to be like so, so creepy. So this is real these are creepy. Give
3: you nightmares, though. Fair oh,
2: morning. great! Can't wait. Yes. <laughs> oh my
3: God. we're so scared. This one's falling apart. Like,
2: okay. And these ladies like to move. They like to move around, and you're just fine with that. Yeah,
3: this this is the one that really moves around. So I put everything on top of her, but that's this one oh, right here. Oh Why is she in a bridal <laughs> gown? So this no. is a bed doll. This is this is a boudoir doll. She has real human hair. Like okay,
2: what is a boudoir doll? Is that like what you put? in So back in, your in bed? the twenties,
3: yeah, it was like a big thing with like flappers in the twenties and stuff. They would put these on their beds with like this. Were, this was more for like adults. This was not like a kid doll.
2: What do adults um, do with this?
3: It was like decoration, I think.
2: Oh, um, she's creepy. I love
3: her. Sorry, yeah, I'm is. not trying to be mean. She's gorgeous. Yeah. This one came from a haunted place we investigated on kindred and they could not give her to me fast enough oh my her god her head's falling
2: off <gasps> her head is falling off that is so creepy oh so my god so she's from wait someone um, needs to look at this um one of you needs to look at this pink <laughs> doll wait look at this doll See, if
3: Hold. if i had not taken this doll in no one would have so i'm doing <laughs> no kidding oh my god yes, so that's her okay Oh, yeah! So yikes. she had her... Okay, this one is awful. This one is... <gasps> that one looks like...
2: No offense. I don't want these... D- ah! <laughs> yeah, <she> has- <laughs> why is there no back of the head?
3: <laughs> I think her hair fell out. I don't know. It's pretty oh, awful. Oh, my God. Oh, so there's her, like, no eyeballs. That's no why eyeballs. that looks so creepy. No, nothing. <gasps> that yeah, is and then I think think. Yeah, and then there's this guy here. Oh, who, my. Yeah. That
2: looks like someone... Beat that
3: baby doll, <laughs> and like I know. So this is, I willingly bring these things into my house because no one else will. Okay, that's fair. That's some, fair. Yeah, someone my loves them that at some that point. When, like, stray dogs
2: that are just like really mangy and kind of ugly she'll just take the ones that nobody else wants in
3: but I would rather take in dogs but I don't have the space so I take in haunted dolls instead of like I said my daughter is thrilled and if you saw their like I am the most normal person in the world. You would never guess that those were the kinds of things that I collect.
2: I would have to <laughs> or my uh, occupation. <laughs> <laughs> that you might not be the most normal person in the world. I don't want, know what normal is, but judging by those dolls, I would have to disagree with you. <laughs>
3: well if, if you lovingly. see one in your travels please send it to me <laughs> oh oh fun
2: I got you I see yeah you're weird like shit. I know
3: the girl for this doll <laughs> <laughs> wait I
2: totally if you see okay if you see a lamp that just is like mystical the most magical mystical lamp in the world that's what you can look for me that because I okay, love lamp great. and then I'll look for haunted creepy ass baby dolls with human hair and or no eyeballs for you.
3: Fantastic. I feel like that's a great trade off.
2: <laughs> so fucked. What a very, very weird <laughs>
3: hobby. I'm glad we were able to bond on this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love antiques and I love collecting things Me too. and I believe in spirits. So, I mean, how could we not connect on that? Yeah. Oh, I, I also read that pretty much like in your familial, like in your blood, in your bloodline, like everyone kind of around you is into, what would you call it? The paranormal?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that, so when I was growing up, even though a lot of my family is very religious, they're like, you know, hardcore Catholics and stuff. They still were very open to the idea of ghosts and spirits so much so that like my parents never... Um, they never were like, ghosts don't exist. We lived in a haunted house. They talked about it very matter-of-factly. They were just like, yeah, sometimes there are ghosts. Wait, you lived in a haunted house growing up? I did. And so that was why I was never afraid of them. I was just like, oh, ghosts are just something that happens sometimes. And so that's what really piqued my interest. I saw when I was eight years old, I saw an apparition standing outside our kitchen window of a man and that kitchen window was on the second floor. There's no way someone could have been standing outside that oh window, God. and we found out later that there was a wraparound porch there. So there was a time where someone could have been standing there, but just not in the 80s. And so uh, I remember just seeing this man and just backing out of the kitchen and going to find my mom, like, "Mom, there's a strange man outside." You know, it was. Uh, and and she explained to me that our house was haunted and that sometimes you might see a ghost. Oh, and my God. <laughs> Yeah. And so I was like, okay, you know, eight years old, just, okay, I guess that's what happens. <laughs> so, But it just, like they were fully into it, fine with it, knew it was there,
2: it was not shocking. And it was like just part of the culture of growing up as you might see weird
3: stuff. Yes. I mean, we did have a couple instances, like we had a family that would come visit sometimes for like dinner parties and things. And, um, like that was the first real time I realized family or ghost family, real
2: people. <gasps> okay. Okay. But
3: something happened during a, a dinner, they came over and, um, they were talking about our ghosts and, there were, we had two pretty major incidents while they were there, but the the big one was we were talking about our ghosts and how they didn't believe in them, and then right then this picture oh, no. came off the wall and crashed down onto the floor, and they left immediately and they never <sighs> set foot in our house again. <laughs> and I remember I kind the mom of would love like so because it's like the ghost is like, oh really, bitches, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so it was so, and that was the first time I was like, oh maybe this is scary to people because I live with this every day. But yeah, the, I remember the mom, she would just like come, her son would come over to play with me, but the mom would like go out on the lawn and be like, Alex, it's time to go home. Like she would never come up to the door ever again.
2: So in this dinner party, what was the other thing that happened?
3: Were they just like, they were skeptical? So yeah. So the first thing that happened was her son, Alex was, he fell asleep on the couch at some point. And so she looked back at him or she saw. She thought she saw him going into the bathroom to use the bathroom. So there was a little boy ghost in that house, a little blonde boy. And her son was a little blonde boy. Uh-huh. And so she was sitting at the table and she was like, where's Alex? He's been in the bathroom for so long. And her husband was like, Alex is asleep on the couch, sweetie. And she had seen what she thought was Alex walk into the bathroom and she was waiting for him to come out and he did not come out. And that was her first like, oh shit moment, you know? And then, then the picture frame was the, the last gasp <laughs> and, and they like, never came leaving. back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were done. <laughs> and, but
2: like your family was just fine with it. That's so cool.
3: Yeah. I don't know how I got so lucky. Um, you know, my, my dad, it was kind of an amateur paranormal investigator. And so he would take me on ghost hunts. Um, you know, he was not like what I do now, it was just kind of for fun. And so I think that was part of it. Like he saw that I had an interest in this. And so we would go investigate places, but he also used it as an opportunity to like teach me history or teach me, you know, it was like a learning opportunity. He's like, oh, she likes ghosts. Let's go to this old fort or this old museum and I'll tell her it's haunted.
2: (laughs) Smart, very smart parenting. That's really cool. (laughs) And then your answer, witches? Kind of
3: glazed over that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. So I have, um, these two aunts who are, I wouldn't say like, I think that they do practice ritual magic and I just think they've always done it just kind of naturally, which I think is fair. I think a lot of people do that. And so I grew up with them, um, just kind of doing these rituals and things. And they're, you know, they were the ones that, especially my aunt Roxy, who really just kind of, um, was the one who did the seance with the doll and everything and they always remind me of the aunts from Practical Magic I don't know if you saw that movie but they literally are those (laughs) they are those two aunts in that movie they're just like kind of all over the place and just doing their own thing but yeah I do remember my sister was sick in the hospital once and I walked in and they were doing some sort of like smudging ritual like over my sister with all these crystals and the doctors were freaking out and I was like oh this is what we do
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know but would you consider yourself a witch?
3: I would. I mean, I, I believe very much in the power of intention and I believe in energy and energy work. And, um, I don't really put like a, a name on it. I just kind of operate under that idea that, you know, everything I do and feel can affect others and other things. And, um, so I, I'm a big believer in that. I do have a lot of very good friends who do a lot of like really great ritual, ritual magic and, um, and are witches. And I, I love that about them. And so I call them in all the time and ask for advice. So.
2: I love that. It's so interesting. I, I can't decide if I'm a witch or not. I don't know. If, I don't know how to decide. But so I'm like, I'm like into all of these things, but I don't know how to know mm-hmm. if I'm a witch. I
3: always Pretty. think of myself as witchy. I'm, like, witchy. I'm witchy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like more descriptive. I guess I just like, that's how I feel too. Like I'm just like open to bring it all, bring it all in. But yeah. I don't like know the rituals or anything like that.
3: I think you make them. Like, I think it really comes from the heart. Like, I think it's what you do, what you I mean. And maybe other like witches out there can speak to this better than I can, but I just feel like you do what feels right in, you know you put that energy out there in whatever way you want to see if you want to visualize it if you need a ritual to do that like I, I, I mean that's the way I've always looked at it
2: Well I love that you said the power of intention because I think just in general like spooky, creepy or just being a good person I've always mm-hmm. since I was yeah. like I remember I kind of came to this conclusion at 16 I was like oh intention is like most important in like terms of things like yes there's hard work and there's all these other things but like the intention behind something is so important so that's why i think like the intention behind what the work you do is so interesting and i haven't really seen it before there's so many ghost shows and movies and i just think what you do is coming from this like compassionate really like well thought out intentional place that's why i'm so like was so thrilled to get to talk to you and i'm just such a fan of your work and what you're doing i think is so special and i think it's important.
3: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I think more people are seeing that side of it and i love it. So, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's kind of like taking a
2: little bit of the what do you call it? Like the novelty, which is obviously mm-hmm. always it's always going to be novel when you can't yeah. explain something, but i feel that i feel that way about love, too. Like, why love, and there's so many love songs, there's so many love stories, and why love is so intoxicating is because you can't explain why, and sometimes it comes out of nowhere. You can't really see it, you can't grasp it, you can't really buy it, but it's there, and you feel it, Mm -hmm. and it exists, and so I kind of feel like the supernatural and paranormal is a little bit like that, where it's like, it exists, I feel it, I see it, I know it's there, but like, I can't grab it, which I love. I love that there are a couple things in life that you can't purchase or like Mm -hmm. explain everything away about it. I think it keeps life magical.
3: No, I completely agree. I've always looked at what we do as magic. Like there, there's something magical about it. A hundred percent. Yeah. So. I love that you see it that way as well. <laughs> I do. Because I don't always meet people who see it that way. I'm always trying to convince them. I'm like, there's just, the whole world is magical. There's certain aspects of it, like you said, that you can't buy or purchase. You have to just feel it and experience it. And like have and an I open think, heart. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why not everybody experiences the paranormal. Or the magical. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, if my Very podcast true. could
2: inspire one person to open their heart up to just... A little bit of magic that's like basically my goal in life I think is to try to like magic magic it up I don't know what yeah that means.
3: especially right <laughs> now we need it we need it in this world right now <laughs> we Just need to be on yes yes with good for intention sure.
2: that's why I love yes. the intention yes. Yes. magic with good intention oh my god love absolutely that. yes. that's gonna be my <laughs> mantra today do you want to tell everybody who's listening where
3: can they find you Oh, well, I'm on uh, all the social media uh, as at Amy Bruni, A-M-Y-B-R-U-N-I. And then uh, Kindred Spirits is streaming on Discovery+. Plus. We have five seasons on there, more to come. And um, I have a book out called Life with the Afterlife, 13 Truths I Learned About Ghosts um, that talks about a lot of what we talked about, just kind of getting more philosophical about things and stuff. So that's a good start.
2: I love that. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you had fun hearing about all the creepy um, dolls that Amy has (laughs) and all the other, like, really beautiful things that you had to say about Supernatural and Paranormal. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for being on Cash and the Creepies. I really appreciate it. Thanks
3: for having me. (laughs)
1: The cat